hey, hey! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to a depressing episode of Brian Carter 99, a 49ers podcast where weekly our hopes and dreams get smushed into the ground like a cockroach as the team continues to spiral into the abyss and questions on Twitter go crazy. Anyways, uh, yeah, so (laughs) I don't know if you are feeling the way that I am feeling about this team, about this last game, about this season, about this roster, about the coaching staff, about the scouting, the draft, uh... You know, anytime that you have a bad season, there's going to be a whole lot of questions that come up, but I do have to say it's not just that the team is three and five, it's how they've looked throughout the season, and I was trying to remain hopeful. I was thinking, hey, you know, they figure out a couple things here, figure out a couple things there. And, you know, they can get back on track. They're only one game out of the playoffs. But after seeing what we've seen so far this season, I am convinced this is just a very bad football team. It's just very bad. They are very bad. Uh, There's a lot of very talented players. Like, we have some extremely talented players on the team. But it's a team. And right now, this team is not performing to the level that they need to. And I don't see it getting fixed. I don't... There's a couple of things that have been really bugging me about this. And uh, we'll get into the... Well, I guess, first off, I'll just kind of break down what we're going to talk about. Obviously, we got to recap the Cardinals game. I'm going to do a very short Rams preview, and I'm also going to say there's probably not going to be a whole lot of podcasts going on the next week and a half. Uh, Tomorrow morning, I'm flying out to Bend, Oregon. I'm doing a guy's weekend with uh, some friends. We're going to go golfing, go hang out at a beer festival, and I'm just getting away. Going to enjoy that. It's going to be a three-day weekend adventure in Bend, Oregon. Cool place. Uh, unfortunately, I don't get to go snowboarding. The mountain opens next week. So I guess just one early, one week too early to go snowboarding. And then next week, I'm back for one day. <laughs> and then my girl and I are going to go on a road trip. So we are going to go down. We're going to do Highway 101, the Pacific Coast Highway. And we're starting where we live, Northwest Washington, and we're going to go all the way down the Pacific coast, down the Washington coast, down the Oregon coast, and we're going to get to, we're planning on getting to the Redwood Forest in Northern California there on the coast. So that'll be fun. We're doing a little five, six day road trip. So uh, I honestly, I don't even know if I'm going to watch the Rams game. I... uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, but I don't even know if I'm going to watch it just because I might leave early and this team is so depressing to watch that I'm afraid it's going to be a total beatdown. 
and I don't want to watch that. I kind of would rather just get on the road and get a head start on the road trip. Uh, but yeah, anyways, the things that have been bugging me, there's a few of them. <clears throat> I think the biggest issue, this team doesn't have this season specifically. And I guess also last year it was, it was 2019 was the year everything came together. It worked. We went to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, we lost it. Um, but after that year, this team has been trying to recapture that magic. And they haven't been able to. And the, the frustrating thing is that since they've been trying to recapture what happened in 2019... What's been happening is this team has seemed directionless, uh, directionless. I don't feel like they've been, they don't seem to have been hitting as well on the drafts in this uh, last year or two. Obviously, there's always a couple good picks. There's always a couple bad picks. But they've just seemed directionless. And there's also been a lot of talk about leadership and this team seems to be missing significant leadership. A lot of that comes down to the quarterback. If you remember, so for the last couple of years, it's always been Jimmy's our quarterback, Jimmy's our leader, Jimmy's our leader, Jimmy's our leader, Jimmy's our leader. After this loss to the Cardinals, they were asked, the team, the players, they were asked about leadership roles. And instead of saying, Jimmy's our leader, like this is our leader, you know, Joe Staley's a leader. Uh, Richard Sherman is our leader. Um, obviously, everyone believes that Kittle and Fred Warner are leaders, and you'd expect that. They're top three at their position in the NFL. They should be leaders. But it was more just, hey, we got a lot of guys who are leaders. Really? A, a lot of guys? Well, you mean you don't have like a leader? I mean, shouldn't your leader be Jimmy? And it was, it's the thing that bugged me the most about that answer was it always used to be unanimous. Jimmy is our leader. Like when they went to the Super Bowl, bam, Jimmy's the leader of this team. He's our quarterback. We're going to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. You know, we got some leaders. We got a couple guys over here, a couple guys over there. We got a lot of leaders. Well, if you got a lot of leaders, then you don't have a single leader. And because this, because Shanahan tried to have his cake and eat it too, meaning have his veteran quarterback who took him to the Super Bowl, hope to do another repeat. You know, we're gonna we're gonna repeat the repeat, repeat the repeat, and uh, bring back the bring it back. Revenge tour, the revenge tour. Because of that, and also drafting Lance, I feel like this the team has no chemistry and that's what it feels like. This team doesn't have chemistry and they don't have a uniting voice. And I think that's the reason why there's been so many struggles because when they went to the Super Bowl, you look at any, not even just the Super Bowl, you just, you look at any good team and what do good teams do? They communicate. Well, this team cannot communicate this last game it was a defensive problem i think the offense was pretty solid 
honestly. You, I, you go back, you look at it. Offense was pretty solid. Jimmy's pretty good. Uh, he missed a couple nice, you know, 20 yard throws that he could have hit. But overall, Jimmy was solid. He had an interception, but it was late in the game. He was just trying to make something happen. And I can't hate him too much for that. Jimmy played okay. The offense was moving. They moved down the field. The defense. How do you give up 400 plus yards to a Colt McCoy-led offense? A backup quarterback. They're missing their top two wide receivers. Their starting running back goes on after like, like four or five plays into the game. How do you give up? over 400 yards of offense and like 30 points to that. How, how do you do that? And it's a lot of different things. I mean, you could, you could legitimately say it was the injuries on defense. I mean, we didn't have Jason Verrett out there. We lost him early on in the year. We didn't have Jimmy Ward. He was out. We didn't have Jaquiski Tart. He was out. We didn't have D Ford. He was out. We don't have Javon Kinlaw. He's out. Uh, we don't have, we didn't have Dre Greenlaw. So, you know, we're missing a bunch of starters on defense, but ultimately we just got out schemed there. There hasn't been creativity on the defense. Everyone's been missing their assignments. They're not disciplined. They don't have chemistry and I mean, forgive the language, but it's been a shit show. The defense has been pathetic the last couple weeks. And, you know, thank goodness they didn't get a bunch of pass interference calls like they did earlier in the season. But it's good teams find a way to win. They play complementary football. They have chemistry. They communicate. This team has none of that. They are undisciplined. They're not communicating. They don't have chemistry. They don't have an identity. Uh, I guess you could say Fred Warner is the leader on defense, but Fred Warner can only do so much. And Fred Warner's incredible, but there's only so much that he can do. And when your offense, you know, your team, like it was Jimmy's the leader of our team. Now it's just Jimmy's one of the leaders. And... There's, I just, I don't see things turning around. And as much as I like Shanahan as the play caller, the play designer, as a head coach, he has been having a shitty season. He's just been bad as a head coach. I do think that his play calling has been honestly pretty good. I mean, Shanahan consistently has been putting guys in position to make plays on offense. Unfortunately, we have like the worst turnover margin in the league. We turn the ball over. I think the last I looked, we are either bottom three or bottom five and turning over the ball. So our offense, we've been able to move the ball. We're uh, even with us being bottom three or bottom five in the turnover margin, we're still, I think, 13th or 15th in points scored. So even average offense, despite the fact that we always give the team the other ball. And on defense, it's also the same. Our defense is average to below average all the way across. And it's, it's just frustrating and it's depressing. And the worst part about it 
is the fact that we have a bunch of young players that we drafted, that we need to develop, and instead of putting them out there, when obviously it's not working with all these 32, 33-year-old NFL veterans that we pick up off the street, instead of playing our young guys, developing them, having them get chemistry with the team that they're going to be with because they're here for multiple years on a rookie contract. Instead, we're just playing Josh freaking Norman, who is literally only good at punching footballs. Why is he on the field? Why did we not cut him? Like, if you're bringing in a veteran player, this is what you expect from your veterans. Cool, you're a veteran. I expect you to do your job, do your assignment, practice hard, and show the guys that you're at least comparable to fill in at your position and don't make stupid mistakes. And what does Josh Norman do every single week? The opposite. He's probably, he probably practices hard. But it's like every single week, you watch the games, you watch the All-22 film, he is missing his assignment, he's not filling his gaps, he's not playing force edge if he's the edge player, he's making dumb mistakes, he's having dumb penalties, and honestly at this point it's like he's 32, 33 years old, like he's not going to get better at that. Just put in one of your young developmental players. Like, how bad is Diamandor Lenore that you're going to play Josh Norman over him? Because Josh Norman is terrible. All he does is miss assignments and punch the football. And sure, it's cool that he forces fumbles. Maybe what they should do is cut him and bring him back as the forced fumble football punching coach specialist. And then that's his job. Is hey, every week you guys are gonna spend five minutes with Josh and he's gonna show you how to punch a football. Because that's all he's good at. There is zero other reason for him to be on the field. And then to watch him lose his cool and cost us like what would have been either a field goal or a punt. I don't remember exactly where they were at on the field in terms of if they were in the field goal range, but it was going to be like a fourth and 18. It was like third and 15, third and 18 or whatever. And instead he decides to go mouth off to their coach when he wasn't even the one making the play. Like he didn't even make a play. He runs up and then he starts mouthing off to the coach. Bam. Now they get a first down. Thank you, Josh Norman. Thank you. You are so valuable to this team that you can punch a football, get dumbass penalties, and constantly screw up your assignment. Like, I don't want him on the team. Again, cut him, bring him back as a football punching specialist coach. <laughs> it's the only thing that he's good at. He's terrible. And he has busted ribs now, too. He has cracked ribs or broken ribs or whatever and he's gonna try to play through it and i don't want him to 
He's he literally goes out there. He plays two games, plays terribly, forces a fumble, and then gets hurt. And that's all that he's done for the last month and a half. So you bench him. Well, geez, if you pinch him, then obviously you're going to put in one of your young guys, you know, so that they can develop. At this point, you're at cornerback. What is this? Cornerback five? No, no, no. You're not going to put your rookie in. You decide, you know, what? we need we need some Dre Kirkpatrick, a guy who's never been good. And now he's old and he gets ran the fuck over by Eno Benjamin, who just says, hey, I'm a little rookie running back. I'm just going to truck this guy like what <laughs> you just made the wrong end of a highlight reel. Okay. So I, I just see no reason why we're putting these old bad players out there. And it's, it's not just at corner, like it's safety. I am still really frustrated that we, um, either released or waived or whatever, cut off of our practice squad, uh, Jared Maiden. I really liked Jared Maiden. I thought that he would be a perfect fit as like a hybrid safety role. You know, he's a second-year player, and I thought that he'd be perfect for the team, you know, in case we needed safety depth. And with Ward out, with Tart out, Obviously, Talanoa Hafunga comes in, and Hafunga's had some struggles, but again, rookie. He's a rookie. I'm okay with a rookie making rookie mistakes. What I'm not okay with is an 8- or 10-year player making the same rookie mistakes, which are the reason why they're available in September or October or whatever. Like, I would so, so much rather see on the field Mosley with Demo over Josh Norman and Drake Kirkpatrick. Like, cut Josh Norman, let Drake Kirkpatrick play special teams, and put Demo in. And then at safety, like, I, Tavon Wilson isn't the worst backup safety, and again, he's like your fourth safety, but I would much rather have had a Jared Maiden. I would way much rather have had Jared Maiden out there with Hafunga. Because at least if they're messing up, they're young. They can learn for it. They can get the experience. Why is Dan Brunskill still at right guard? He is terrible. Every time that I watch the All-22, he is terrible. He's getting beat in a half a second. It's like, hike, and then he gets screwed like twisted sideways by some random defensive tackle and then he's giving up instant pressure and then Shanahan says well I trust him and then you have the same thing when McGlinchey gets hurt like I feel terrible for McGlinchey by the way I really hope that he's able to recover and come back uh I still don't know the I don't think we know the exact severity and what type of quad injury it was but Quad injuries can be career-ending for offensive linemen. I think there's a 50% chance they play again. Uh, if you remember, Weston Richburg had that patellar tendon tear. That's where the quad connects at the knee or whatever. And he retired. Like, he could never play again. 
I really hope McGlinchey is able to have successful surgery whenever that may be and come back and play for us even if it's not till next year. We've already exercised his fifth year option, so he's on the team next year either way. Uh, I just I really hope that he can recover because he was having a good season. I know McGlinchey isn't an all-pro pass-blocking right tackle, but he's been solid. And if you have, in a like, as long as your tackles are not a complete liability, if they're average, McGlinchey is an average pass blocker and a good run blocker. And some people would prefer to have an average run blocker and a good pass blocker, but, you know, it is what it is. It's who he is. He was having a good season. But again, the decision, why is Tom Compton out there? Tom Compton is terrible. He was terrible as a guard, and he's even worse at tackle. I think he gave up three sacks, and he only played in half the game. Like, why? Why are you putting these old, terrible, off-the-street, 30-plus-year-old veterans in there when you've got young players? Jalen Moore, rookie, fifth rounder, he filled in for Trent Williams for a game. And he was fine at left tackle. Why can't he play right tackle? Why did you put in Tom freaking Compton at right tackle when you've got Jalen Moore? Put Jalen Moore in there at right tackle. He's on a rookie contract. Tom Compton should never be on this team in the future. He should never be on a team in general. He's so bad. Jalen Moore is solid. He showed that he is a solid left tackle as a fifth round rookie. And we have a four year contract with him. He is the future. He's probably going to be our right tackle for the next one to two years, depending on whether or not McGlinchey ever comes back. Play him. Play him. <sighs> you have Aaron Banks. Why is Aaron Banks not playing right guard? Is he really that bad? You spent a top 50 pick on him. Why is Dan Brunskill, who's getting beat in a half a second, still there over Aaron Banks, your top 50 pick at guard? If you spend a second round pick on an interior offensive lineman, they should be able to just step in and play. We're halfway through the season and he can't even take over a right guard spot over a bad right guard? I don't have Dan Brunskill's exact numbers up here. You know what, though? I'm going to look it up because it's so bad. But Dan Brunskill is not good at guard. He is not. He is currently ranked, according to PFF at least, 48th. And he's been getting worse every year. His pass blocking grade, he is ranked 54th. 54th in the NFL. Like, he is the worst offensive guard on almost every team. Like, there's there's only, you know, there's, there's 32 teams. Two guards. So out of basically 64 starting guards, he's bottom 10. 
you spent a second round pick on a guy who can't beat a bottom 10 guard? What is, what is this? It's so frustrating. Like he's terrible and you watch and it's obviously he's terrible. At least Alex Mack has improved and he's playing at an average to above average center level. So that's good. And there's so much talent, but it's, that's what's so damn frustrating is you look at this team and there's so much talent, but we continue to put in, and this is where I got to get pissed off at Kyle because Kyle makes the final personnel decisions on game day. He makes those decisions. And apparently Kyle is saying, hey, I want to put in all these old bad guys who we know how bad they are because they've been in the NFL for six to 10 years and they've been bad for the vast majority of that instead of putting in, you know, our young guys who need the experience. So now McGlinchey's out for the season. We don't know when Jaquiski Tart's going to come back. Hopefully Jimmy Ward will be back next week. Dre Greenlaw should be back in hopefully two weeks. It sounds like they're pushing it out again. But that's what's so frustrating is it's not just that the record is three and five. It's the fact that it's three and five. We're playing a ton of old bad guys who are here on one year deals over our young talent who are going to be here for multiple years that we need to develop. We need to develop these guys. They need reps. They're going to be here for multiple years. And at least if they get a chance to develop, we might not have really good chemistry this year, but we will have better chemistry next year. You just want to start from scratch next year. Like I get that there's still technically nine games left in the season, but like how many more wins are we expecting out of this team? They've played like shit for basically every game except for maybe like two or three games they've played well. And I don't even think they've honestly put together one full 60-minute good game. They've put together a good quarter or a good half or, you know, a good series. I don't think they've played a single game where they've had 60 minutes of good football. Have they? Can you think of a single game this year where they played 60 minutes of good football? I can't even the lions game, like the last 15 minutes, the final, the fourth quarter was terrible. They gave up what, like 20 something points in the fourth quarter. Like I get that we were up like crazy, but like we couldn't, we couldn't even put up 60 good minutes against an alliance team that hasn't won a single game with Jared goof and a rookie head coach and a team in total rebuild? Like, it's so frustrating. So let's talk about this Cardinals game. What happened? Um, I don't want to get into it too much, but just kind of the tale of the game. What happened? Um, oh, yeah, other injuries, just real quick. So McGlinchey's out for the season. Sanu is on IR. He hurt his knee. Uh, thank you, Jimmy Hospital Ball, throwing it high so that your guys get taken out when they try and land. Tavon Wilson 
go figure, old guy, got hurt. He's on IR with a foot injury. Kirkpatrick and Norman are day-to-day. And Jalen Hurd, the mystical beast that we have yet to see if he's a real thing, we actually waved him. Oh, yeah. And uh, just to kind of pour some salt in the wound, the Rams just signed Odell Beckham Jr. So, yeah, the 7-2 and two Rams, who have a top-5 offense and a top-10 defense and are, I think, second or third in the conference and second in our division and who we play on Monday. And then we'll have to play again at the end of the season. They got Odell. So yeah, they, they had one bad game and yeah, they're seven and two. And now they just picked up Odell Beckham jr. So let's see. They've got Matt Stafford. Who's playing probably the best footballs his life with a really good coach. Who's dialing up the plays. Cooper Cup is their number one receiver who leads the NFL in receiving yards. They've also got Robert Woods, who's a really solid wide receiver. And now they just added Odell. Awesome. Awesome. That makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside. The fact that they got Odell as we watch our team flush away like anything that makes sense of a plan. And I'm sure you're just as frustrated as I am. So (laughs) yeah. Anyways, let me see here. So my notes from the Cardinals game. Yeah. So again, starting it off, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green did not play. J.J. Watt was also out. So that's four of their best players they were missing. Colt McCoy, quarterback. All right. So I'm just going to look over the general miscellaneous thoughts and notes here. Because it was just, it was a bad game. You saw it. I think the main thing on defense, the defense is predictable. They pretty much always play a cover three or a cover four. If teams know exactly what you're going to do, they're going to figure out a way to scheme it. That's what the Cardinals did. They know, hey, 49ers typically play cover three, cover four, and they knew how to exploit it. Now, if we had really good elite players at every position, then it's not that big of a deal saying, hey, we're going to play cover four. We dare you to beat us. Unfortunately, again, we're missing, we were missing half of our players on defense. And if you're missing half of your starters on defense, you got to do something to make up for that lack of skill out there, you know? So what are you going to do? Well, you should disguise some coverages, maybe mix up your coverages instead of playing the same two basic coverages. So they're predictable on defense. The defensive tackle situation is just bad. Our defensive tackles have no anchor, and they are a complete liability against the run. 
Uh, I have a note in here. DJ Jones, he's good. He is our one good nose tackle. And unfortunately, he's not even that big of a guy. I think DJ Jones is just over 300 pounds at like six foot or something. Um, but either way, like he is not a big, thick guy. He's short and squatty. He's a good nose tackle though. So DJ Jones, good nose tackle. But whenever I see Contavia Street in there, number five, or Kevin Givens, number 90, uh, it makes me want to throw up. Because every time that one of those two guys were in, they were literally running an inside zone directly at that guy. The offensive linemen were double teaming them. Contavia Street and uh, Givens, they can't anchor. And because they can't anchor, they were getting blown backwards like five, six, eight yards off the line of scrimmage. And then Fred Warner can't do anything because he's got his own defensive lineman getting shoved back into his face. So our, our defensive tackles were just a complete liability against the run. That's why I was so confused as to why we, why we released Zach Kerr. At least he is like a solid big body on the interior. Like we, we don't have a nose tackle outside of DJ Jones. And DJ Jones is good, but he can't play every single snap against a run. You know, we're going to have Street and Givens in at some point. But they were terrible. Just complete liability. Uh, also, the wide nine. I don't want to see wide nine on anything unless it's third and long. There's no reason to run a wide nine defensive front against anything other than third and long, especially since we don't have like a 330-pound defensive tackle there in the middle that can, again, take on double teams. Outside of DJ Jones, we don't have anyone who can take on double teams as defensive interior. You know, like, <laughs> who do we have? Kinlaw, he's out for the season. Maurice Hurst, hopefully he comes back soon. I think he's only played like 40 snaps this season. And he's been injured the rest of the time. I'd love to have him back, but we don't have him. Which leaves us with Street and Givens. And they're terrible. They're, they're solid three-tech pass rushers. If you want a three-tech pass rusher... That's what they do, you know? They're short, they're twitchy, but against the run, total liability. And it's an issue, because teams know that, and they're going to run straight at us. Also, missed tackles. I don't know how many missed tackles there were exactly, but it was somewhere between 11 and 15. Uh, I think when I was watching John Chapman's film breakdown, he counted 12. So let's just call it 12 missed tackles. 12 missed tackles is unacceptable. So this is what we're getting. Our defensive tackles are a liability against the run where they're giving up five plus yards on every inside run play. We can't tackle and they know exactly what coverage we're going to play. Like this is what happens. Like we have no fundamentals and our scheming isn't doing anything to provide advantages for our players like 
How do you give up 30-plus points to Colt McCoy, a backup quarterback, missing two of his top receivers and his best running back? This is how. No run defense. I think there were bottom five or bottom ten in run defense in the league. We can't tackle. The scheme is obvious. They know what we're going to play. They're going to scheme around it. The only good defensive lineman that I saw was Bosa, Armstead, and Willis. Bosa's awesome. He can't do everything on his own, though. You know, they're double-teaming him on pretty much every play. And when they're not double-teaming him, they're running away from him. But Bosa's so good. He's so good. He's currently ranked fourth in the NFL at edge. He's so good. Oh, thank you. Got some blueberry tea. Hope you like it. Thank you. So Bose is awesome. And Eric Armstead is playing very well also. So we have two good defensive linemen. But again, it's only two. They can't do everything. And if you have two elite guys, the other two guys that are out there, they at least need to be serviceable. You know, like average if you have an elite edge rusher, a really good kind of big end interior rusher in Armstead, your other two guys just need to be average. Unfortunately, they are not average. They are significantly below average. That's a problem. <laughs> it's very much a problem. <laughs> huh. Um... Jordan Willis, though, he's been he's been playing solid as a pass rusher. So again, Jordan Willis, he was good as a pass rusher. He's only been back for two games, but I thought he was good. I thought he was good. That gives me a little hope. Also, remember, we got a new guy. We got Amenahue. And yeah, that's what we need. Is uh we need less givens in street, more DJ Jones. More Bosa, more Armstead, more Willis. Yeah. So the defense was just terrible. It was bad communication. There were people missing assignments everywhere. And we're not generating any turnovers. I don't remember the exact stat, but one of the big things that I heard this week that really hit home was if you're going to build your team off of the pass rush... And not off of the back end. So we build front to back. We focus on the pass rush. We want a dominant defensive line. That way, the secondary, it covers up some of the secondary because they don't need to cover a long time. Unfortunately, our defensive line is very, very bad. It's a bottom 10 unit. I think we rank third worst in the NFL, in QB hits, like third worst. If you're saying that, you know, your defensive identity and your strength is the pass rush and your bottom three in hitting the quarterback, then your team has no identity and your scheme and what you were planning on doing just isn't working. So there's a lot of things that are, that are just bad, that are wrong on the defense. Offense, yeah, just defense. I would give the defense an F. 
Again, the best players on defense, Nick Bosa, Eric Arm. Nick Bosa was incredible as always. Eric Armstead was good. Fred Warner did pretty good, but again, like when he has Contavious Street getting backed into him, it's very difficult for him to make a tackle when the defensive tackles in front of him can't anchor and they're getting, you know, pushed back into him. So just, it was just so frustrating. And then just, you need to tackle. Like, (laughs) it's tackle football. (laughs) You need to tackle. (sighs) On offense, um, one of the things that was frustrating was that we didn't run the ball at all. I think we had 11 runs the entire game. And Elijah Mitchell is a really good running back. He continues to show that he was the steal of the draft, and I will continue to pat myself on the back for back in March saying, I want the Niners to draft this guy on in day three, and then them doing it, and then him looking amazing. What's frustrating is he only got eight rushes. He did have five catches, uh, or I believe it was five catches on five targets. Let me pull up the uh, game book here, see if I can find it. So... Yeah, Elijah Mitchell, five targets, five receptions. That's awesome. Let's talk about offense. Jimmy was pretty good. This is the second week in a row where Jimmy was solid. He had, he was 28 of 40, 320 yards. That's two weeks in a row, over 300 passing yards. He had the one interception late in the game when, again, trying to get a comeback when you're down by 14 or 17 or whatever. Can't hate that much when you're trying to do something and it's, you know, there's four minutes left in the game and you're down by two touchdowns. Um, But there was no run game. Like, again, like, where is the identity of this team? This team is built on pass rush. Well, your pass rush sucks. All right. Well, this team's offense is built on the run game. Well, where was the run game? You ran it 11 times. Jimmy threw the ball 40 times. Shanahan said, well, they were giving us six-man fronts. That happened five times. That's it. Five times. Cool. If there's six men against the line, like, fine. Pass it. But that only happened five times. There was a lot of five-man fronts. They played a lot of, uh, you know, five-man fronts with three additional linebackers. So you got eight big bodies in the box. But... What, you can't run against that? You can't run against an eight-man box when you can put on the... You can run to the left. Here's what you do. You've got Alex Mack, Lakin Tomlinson, Trent Williams, George Kittle, Charlie Warner, and freaking Juszczyk. Make them all go left and run left. Like, you can do that. You have a very, very powerful set of run blockers right there. Think about that. Like, why are we not running it to the left? Like, okay, yeah, it sucks. Mike McGlinchey goes down. Dan Brunskill's bad. Okay, just don't don't run it to the right. Run it to the left. You've got Lakin Tomlinson, Trent Williams, Alex Mack, Charlie Warner, George Kittle, all very good run blockers, and use check. That that's like that's like six high quality run blockers. On the left side, you could run it to the left with six good run blockers. Why did you only run it eight times? What is the, where is this identity? 
Are you trying to make Jimmy Garoppolo look good? Like, I don't understand. Like, where is this identity? It makes zero sense. And they basically, in the second half, they had basically given up on the six, the five and six man fronts. In the second half, it was mostly a four man front. Run it! I get that you're down by 14 or 17 or whatever, but you have an entire half of football. Play your type of football. Run it through their faces. Win off of play action. Like, that is how your team is built. Why are you not playing the way that your team is built to win? It's so frustrating. So we got down early. And, again, the offense wasn't... The offense was not the problem in this game. I understand that we only scored 17 points. However, remember, the two fumbles... Like, the George Kittle fumble, it sucked. But Kittle gained, like, what, nearly 20 yards on the play? And then he just had, like, a freak accident fumble. Like, George Kittle, that's the first fumble that he's lost in his entire career. Again, Arizona, they're they're a team that, they're opportunistic. They force turnovers. We don't. We turn the ball over. But George Kittle fumbling, like, that was just a weird freak freak thing that happened on a, on a, almost a 20-yard play. Like, that was an 18-yard catch and run. And then they get seven points off of it. Okay, well, now you're down seven. Okay, so now second one. This one ends up in a punt. You've got a 16-yard pass, negative five-yard run, incomplete, incomplete. Great. So you had, again, a really good play. You had one negative yard, which I'm guessing, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, they ran to the right. Well, okay, just run it to the left. Incomplete, incomplete. You punt, Arizona gets another touchdown. Great. Now you're down by 14. Cool. And then on this, the, the next drive that you have, your third drive, you get all the way down to the five-yard line, and then Jimmy throws it too high. Ayuk makes an incredible catch, falls down, and he could have been down right there if he had just stayed down or if somebody touched him, but nobody touched him. So, you know, obviously get up, go get more yards. Unfortunately... Because he had to jump like 10 feet in the air and extend his crazy long arms to catch it. And then he hits the ground, rolls, gets up. Then he gets hit and the ball gets punched back. Punched out. So you fumble at the five-yard line. Like, the first one, explosive play to Kittle. Freak fumble. And then you come back, you drive all the way down at the five-yard line. Ayuk fumbles. It sucks. We hold him to a field goal. Okay. 17-0. Then we have a touchdown. So we have a touchdown drive. It was awesome. George Kittle, six-yard touchdown. I love it. So again, the offense is moving. End of the first half. Second half, they score a touchdown. Great. Now we're down 17 points again. Now, that one was infuriating because coming out of the second half, what are you supposed to do? 
impose your will, say, hey, this is not the way the game is going to go. We are going to show you how the game is going to go. But instead, in three plays, you allow them to get a touchdown, including the James Conner 45-yard catch and run. Like, really? Really? And I don't remember exactly who it was that he outran, but just, what are you doing? And then you end up having to punt. Awesome. Take a sack, incomplete. Cool. Just what I like to see. Then they score another touchdown. 31-7. to Then we score a touchdown. Awesome. They punt, we punt, they punt, we get a field goal. They punt. And then Jimmy throws an interception. So... The offense was moving, you know? If George Kittle doesn't... I mean, we had a couple punts, but... Like, the offense was moving the ball. It's turnovers. It's ball security. It's why are you not running it? So frustrating. (sighs) Yeah, Elijah Mitchell. He's a great runner. He's a really good pass catcher. Give Elijah Mitchell 20 runs. I will say, Ayuk and Kittle, outside of their fumbles, really good game. Obviously, those individual plays really hurt, but Kittle comes back off of an injury, has a 100-yard game with a touchdown. Ayuk had almost 90 yards and a touchdown. So, and Ayuk looked awesome. He was making incredible catches all game. So that's good. But yeah, I mean, if you're facing a five-man front, just run it to the left with all of your really good run blockers. I just, it's so frustrating because, again, where is the identity? Why are you not leaning on the strengths of your team? As far as Jimmy, again, Jimmy was solid. He was good, but he's not a playmaker. He's a distributor. You know, you you send a guy out, Jimmy will distribute the ball, let the playmakers make plays. Um, But there was a couple plays that he left where he had, you know, a 15 or 20-yard in-breaking route, and the guy was wide open, and instead Jimmy checked it down instead of it being a a 20-yard gain. So, yeah, frustrating. So, what do we need to do moving forward? So, after that game, again, I don't even know if I'm going to watch the Rams game. Uh, It's on a Monday night. I may or may not decide to just leave early for my road trip and uh, skip the game because we're probably going to get creamed by the Rams. But yeah, so... That's kind of what we're looking at. As far as moving forward, what do we want? I mean, personally, I am officially on... I think the season is over. I mean, we're 3-5. and five. We're facing a really good Rams team who just got Odell Beckham Jr. We have looked like total dog shit. And I don't think we're going to win this game. So we're probably going to be 3-6 and six next week. So you're 3-6. and six. Sure, you're technically not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, 
But all the things I've talked about, I see zero reason why this team is going to suddenly fix things and get it going. So being that that's the perspective, I want Shanahan and them to make some serious changes because if you're not winning with all these bad old veterans, maybe you can win with the young guys. Maybe the young guy's upside is a lot better and he's actually better than these old veterans that you're playing. Maybe you should get these young guys some playing experience to get them ready for next season when the season has started over and you don't look like absolute trash. So offensive line. The offensive line is going to be tricky. Uh, At the very least, I want Jalen Moore at right tackle. I never want to see Tom Compton on the field again, ever. It was disgusting to watch. And again, he gave up like three sacks. He was just, he was terrible. I don't care if Shanahan knows him from back in the day and he understands the scheme. I don't care. He's bad. He's very bad. He's not good. He's not good, very bad, terrible, bad. Don't put him out on the field. I don't want to see him. (laughs) Put Jalen Moore at right tackle. Uh, The one positive thing I've heard about Aaron Banks is that Shanahan said that he's starting to push Dan Bronskill. Good. Put him out there, please. Maybe not next week against the Rams because for some reason Dan Bronskill plays well against Aaron Donald, which is kind of a meme, but we'll see. But I want to see Aaron Banks. I want to see Aaron Banks out there. I want to see Aaron Banks at right guard. I want to see Jalen Moore at right tackle. I don't think it's going to happen because for some reason Shanahan hates his rookies and only plays them out of pure necessity. But that's what I would want to see. At the very least, if you're going to leave Dan Brunskill out there, put Jalen Moore at right tackle. All right, so that's the offensive line. At quarterback, we all know where this is going. It's time for Trey Lance. I understand and I expect that they're going to play Jimmy against the Rams. And Jimmy is probably not going to have a good game. And even if Jimmy has a good game, I don't care. I just legitimately don't care because Jimmy is not doing enough to make up for how bad this team is playing. He's a distributor. He's not a playmaker. Jimmy doesn't make plays. He distributes the ball to guys who make plays. And if Jimmy isn't making plays and our team is already, you know, big time losing record, not even a wild card seed, you know, we'll be one or two games out of the wild card, the seven seed. Really? Like, we can't even make the seven seed? This is pathetic. I want Trey Lance. Like, let Jimmy go play against the Rams. Put Trey Lance in against the Jags. That's what I want. I want Trey Lance starting Jaguars from there on out. Week 11, you got a couple teams that should be not too difficult. Put Trey Lance in and have him start the rest of the season. Jaguars from there on out. There's no reason to keep Jimmy out there. Zero reasons. You're not going to the Super Bowl. You are not going to the Super Bowl. Trey Lance needs reps. Every time he's been out there, he's looked like he's improving. He needs reps. 
He needs game time. We don't want to go through all these rookie growing pains in year two. Get him six, eight games. Seriously, give him some games. I want to see Trey Lance starting against the Jaguars. I don't care how good Jimmy is because we are not going to the Super Bowl. Jimmy's not going to suddenly become like Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees. Like Jimmy's not going to suddenly do that, turn his whole season around. Even with Jimmy playing solid football against this Cardinals team, we couldn't put up more than 17 points. It wasn't even Jimmy's fault. And if it was Jimmy's fault, like maybe we could have won. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe if we didn't have the two fumbles. Maybe we score two more touchdowns. And, you know, it's a tie game. 31-31. Maybe we end up winning. I don't care. At this point, we're going to be 3-6. and six. Just start Trey the rest of the way. Just do it. I want to see him. It, watching these games is getting depressing. I I didn't even want to watch the entire game. Like, once it was like five minutes into the game, we had two fumbles. We were down by 14. I was like, do I even want to watch this? Like, don't make me not want to watch football by playing a bunch of guys I don't care about that aren't going to be here next year. Defensive backs. Jimmy Ward should be back. Cross our fingers. Uh, Mosley. Mosley's been solid. I like Mosley. Keep Mosley out there. I know they're not going to cut Josh Norman, but they should. He's a shitty teammate. He's a bad player, and all he does is punch the ball. Again, it's the one thing he's good at. I want to see Demo Lenore starting next week. I want to see him. I I understand why he hasn't been there the last two weeks. He just had a kid. Congratulations. He he wanted to be there for the birth of his child. And 100% accept that, respect that. He should be back this week. I want him starting. I see zero reason for Drake Kirkpatrick or Josh Norman to be out there. Unless you're just telling the fans that you hate us. Because, like, nobody wants to watch. Like, you're getting booed on TV. Like, Monday, if you put up another game like this on Monday, then on Monday Night Football on national television, you're going to watch your team get booed. Like, people are going to be booing because you've got a bunch of old, terrible players in there. When you've got young guys who need the experience. At least if your rookie mistakes, your rookies are making mistakes, they're rookie mistakes they can learn from for the next three years when they're on the team. You got to develop them. If possible, I don't think it's going to happen, but if possible, what I would do personally is I would go out there and claim Jared Maiden and activate him to the, uh, activate him to the squad. Who's at safety? Jimmy Ward gets back. Awesome. Talano Hafunga. Cool. I like Hafunga. He was okay. He started the game well. Had a couple busted coverages. Again, rookie mistakes. But who do you have after that at safety? Like, I legitimately don't know. Tart is out. Tavon Wilson now is out. Like, who do we have at safety? Like, I legitimately don't know who we have at safety. 
do we have a third safety? Like, we don't have Tervarius Moore. Uh, I mean, we did pick up Will Parks. He's on the practice squad. Uh, I think Tony Jefferson is also on the practice squad. Uh, we have Kai Nakua, who I don't like. But we have him. But honestly, I would much rather us go go pick up, you know, Jared Maiden. He played really well. He's been, he was really good in the preseason. He looked like our best safety outside of the starters in preseason. Go claim him. Put him on the team. He knows the scheme. He's probably better than one of these 30-year-old veterans. Please, I beg you, Shanahan. <laughs> on the defensive line, um, the one thing that we can look forward to on the defensive line <clears throat> is our new guy, Charles Amenahue. Now, he was inactive last week. I think it was just because it was his first week back. But Charles Amenahue, he should be active. I expect him to start. Or maybe not start, but at least play some snaps. Ibukam has been a little bit better. Arden Key hasn't been good. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Bosa, DJ Jones... Armstead, and then give me a rotation of Amenahue and Jordan Willis at defensive end. I really just don't want to see, like, I don't want to see Kevin Givens' Contavious Street unless it's an obvious passing down because they're only good at that. They're only good as three tech pass rushers. You know, one-on-one versus a guard in a pass rush situation, cool. You know, they're they're twitchy little short guys. They can win in that situation. But anything else, I don't want to see them out there. D Ford is on IR. Like, okay, cool. So, yeah, Bosa, Armstead, DJ Jones, Amenahue. Jordan Willis, those are the only guys I, I actually feel good about on our defensive line with all the injuries. And that's what I hope to see. And I'm hoping that a Hugh looks good. That'd be cool. That'd be cool if he looks good. I think he'll be wearing 59. But yeah, it's just... That's what I would do on the defensive line is uh, just those five guys are the five guys that I want out there. Linebacker is going to be linebacker. Um, we just really need our defensive tackles to anchor versus the run because otherwise it makes life that much more difficult for Fred Warner. Fred Warner's so good, but he can't do anything if he's having his defensive tackle pushed into him. <clears throat> so yeah, that's what I want to see. Uh, those are the changes that I want to see. And on offense, you need to run the ball need to run it again we we already talked about it run it to the left run, run it to the left you've got trent williams out there run it to the left run it to the left throw kittle out there throw charlie warner out there throw use check out there rotate those three guys and then just run it to the left with elijah mitchell for 20 20 times a game Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, this is where we're at. Like, I am, I am in evaluation mode because any time that we have a guy out there who's not going to be there next year, I have zero interest in watching that guy play because this team, they're not going to the playoffs. They look terrible. They have no chemistry because they have no identity because they don't have like a very clear vision of like like not nothing is clicking there's no chemistry so play the young guys play the young guys get them experience accept the fact that you've screwed up this season and stop putting out a bunch of old guys who aren't going to be here next year Get your young guys' experience. At least then you have a legitimate reason as to why you lose a game. Hey, we had five rookies playing. Okay, that's understandable. You've got a rookie quarterback, a rookie right tackle, a rookie safety, a rookie corner. Like, that's acceptable. That's acceptable to say, hey, we're really competing. We're trying, but we've got five rookies starting. Like, I'm willing to accept that. Other teams are willing to accept that. What's not acceptable is, hey, we're losing and we've got a bunch of 32-year-old guys out here who suck. Why are they out here sucking at 32? Oh, I don't know, because we don't want to play our young guys. So if it sounds like I've just been frustrated and venting, it's because I am. Because this is a terrible game. (laughs) Uh so yeah, I am gonna I am gonna finish up here pretty quickly. The Rams. I really want us to win the game, but I don't see how it happens because the Rams are very good. They are clicking. They just added another offensive weapon. They're pissed off that they lost. Yeah, so I I don't think that we I don't think that we're gonna win this game. The only way that I see us winning this game is if by some chance. The team decides to grab their nuts, suck it up, and get pissed off and just beat the crap out of the Rams and just have some weird, fluky, upset division rivalry something happen where just somehow we beat the Rams through some kind of crazy, I don't know what it is. But I'll tell you what it would take. Beating the Rams is going to take this team committing to an identity and communicating and executing their assignments properly and not putting players in who are total liabilities. Now, if by some chance they do win this game, that's awesome. But that doesn't change anything that I said in terms of who I want playing. Because the the trend this season is this is a very bad team who's undisciplined without any direction without any chemistry so if they win on monday that'll be awesome we will celebrate probably not gonna have a podcast for about another week and a half because again i'm gonna be on a couple vacations but we're still gonna root for the team we still love the team we're gonna hope for the best And while this season has been a total disappointment and it's depressing to watch, the future is still bright. I still have a lot of faith in Shanahan as a play caller. I have a lot of faith in Trey Lance as our future quarterback. And remember, we have a lot of very, very, very talented players on this team. We have a lot of really, really good players. 
You know? Like, the future is bright if just these ridiculous personnel decisions weren't being made, you know? We've got George Kittle. We've got Lakin Tomlinson. We've got Fred Warner. They are the best in the NFL at their position. We have Debo Samuel, who's second in the league in receiving yards. And that's after us having an early bye week. He could hit 1,000 receiving yards next week. He has like 800 and 80 yards or something. I think he needs 120 yards and he'll be at 1,000 yards. He had a quiet game last week and he had 60 yards. I mean, don't tell me Debo can't go off for 100 yards in a game. Elijah Mitchell looks really good. We've still got use check for a couple years. He's a really good blocker. Charlie Warner looks like a really good run blocker and he's only in his second year of his rookie contract. We've got Mosley for another year or two. We've still got Jimmy Ward. Hafunga looks like he's going to be a solid box safety. Fred Warner is incredible. Aziz, he had a bad game, but outside of a bad game, he's been really good as a third linebacker. We're getting Dre Greenlaw back. He still has another year left on his contract. We've got Nick Bosa. We've got Eric Armstead. We've got Demo, who looks like he's going to be a solid quality corner. We have a lot of really good players and we have a lot of what look to be good young players on this team. And I want to see them. I want to see the good young players. I want to see them develop. And that's what we have to look forward to. It's extremely frustrating seeing, again, and I don't even know how many times I've said it during this podcast, but that's just how frustrating it is. Put the young kids in. Nobody cares about Tavon Wilson and Josh Norman and Drake Kirkpatrick. They're bad. There's a reason they're available in October. They're bad. And we need the young guys to develop. So, Shanahan, please, commit to your identity. Commit to your identity. Run it to the left. Play your young guys. Okay, I understand this is not going to be a top 10 defense, but just make sure your guys are tackling, sticking to their assignments and communicating. If they can fix those things, then this could at the very least be an average defense. And cut Josh Norman and make him the football punching specialist coach. All right, I'm heading out of here. I will catch you guys probably in a week or two after a game or two happens. Hopefully it's a couple wins. If it's not a couple wins, then at the very least we can take solace in the fact that we're getting rid of a bunch of bad players and we can start playing the young players. All right. Have a good one. Go Niners.